Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian, sidekick, wingman. How are you doing, Tom? I'm well. How are you? Well, well, well. Good. Oh, yeah, That's exactly. great. I'm three wells. Three wells. I am very well. Uh, and uh, thanks for asking. You're welcome. And uh, welcome. And I am uh, excited today because we have another letter. I love opening up the mailbag. They are fun, aren't they? And, you know what? It's because they have these great questions. They really do. That I think that um, all the peoples want yeah. to know the answers to. Well, they're kind of real. They're practical. You know, they're things that people really are troubled with. And I like well, that. Well, I'm amazed that they would ask me. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I'm humbled and honored. They don't know you, do they? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like, man, you sit behind a microphone and all of a sudden everyone wants to ask you questions. Yeah, it's like, well, why me? Exactly. Well, you know what, though? We're going to do the best we can yep. to answer this question. And yep. it's a good, it's a humdinger. It is a humdinger. It's a humdinger, and it comes to us from challenge. from Cassie in Pennsylvania. All right, and so it's a it's kind of a lengthy email, uh, but I want to go ahead and read it because it sort of tells a story, and I think a lot of people will sort of see some parts and pieces of this that kind of fit their own lives. Oh yeah, and I think that it's it'd be good for us to kind of work through this and see what we got. Yeah, let's do it. All right, hello, Deacon Jeff. I've had a bit of a problem lately. Recently, I ran into a string of bad luck, putting it mildly. And currently have a job at a factory as a laborer, which I never thought I would have when getting that Ivy League degree. But I digress. I feel bad for Cassie already. I do, too. I love attending Mass, and before I moved to where I am now, I sometimes even went to a traditional Latin Mass. TLM. That's right. I like that. That's right. The problem is that with my work hours, I'm having trouble finding a Mass to satisfy my Sunday obligation. A bit of background. My work hours there are from 4 p.m. to midnight on Monday through Friday, and noon to 6 p.m. on Saturday for overtime. That's a lot of work. It is. I'm pretty exhausted on Saturdays, but I do need the extra money, so I almost always say yes to working. Also, sometimes they request that I come in or stay over an extra four hours before or after my shift. My gosh, this is a lot of work. That is. I've never worked that much in my life. I'm feeling feeling ashamed at this point. That's tough work, too. It's not the kind of request you can say no to on a regular basis, so she kind of feels obligated. She kind of has to do that overtime. Right. I'm very broke, and I don't have much free time. 80% of the time, I'm not working. So when she's not working, it's spent sleeping. Mm. And the other 20% looking for another job or spending that time with her family. Mm. On to my dilemma. The good news is that I live in a very Catholic town where over 50% of the population is Catholic. There are three large churches. The problem I have is that all of the churches have Mass at about the same time, Saturday around 4 p.m., and Sunday all the Masses are over by about 11 a.m. I want to go to Mass, but I'm either trying to catch up on sleep or working at all the Mass times. I've tried to get up and go Sunday morning, but I basically fall asleep. Then I'm short with everyone since I'm so tired for the rest of the week. What I would like to do is present a request that they offer different times for Mass, perhaps Saturday later in the evening or Sunday afternoon. However, I have had a poor experience with these churches years ago when making a similar request. That experience caused me to fall away from the church for over five years, but a wonderful priest from my college brought me back to the faith. I know I'm not the only person with this type of schedule, as it is, this is a very industrial town. How can I present this request in such a way 
that it's taken seriously and not brushed aside? What type of wording should I use or points should I make? Thank Mm. you for responding to this email that is much longer than I anticipated. It's not that long. Mm -mm. All the best, Cassie from Pennsylvania, and says, P.S., I would also like more confession times, but those are only scheduled for the hour before Mass on Saturday. So, Mm. wow, Cassie, you've got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, she's in a pickle. Yeah, and you know what? I I think it's uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this one on the air was because Cassie talks about that particular town in Pennsylvania where you know it's pretty Catholic and mm-hmm. industrial, and but there's a lot of folks working those kinds of hours. Mm-hmm. But this dilemma is not something that is unique to no. Pennsylvania by any stretch of the no, imagination. Not at all. And if you if you imagine, really, we're looking at this concept of trying to balance our lives mm-hmm. and how to fit mass into our busy schedules. Right. I mean, every, I don't know anybody who's not busy nowadays. No, you're right. You're right. You know, I mean, even, you know, down south where everything's supposed to be a lot slower and we talk like this and everything just kind of <laughs> I just got my first pair of shoes. That's right. Isn't that awesome? Didn't you? Yeah. Well, you need those for masks. Have you right? had indoor plumbing yet? Yeah, we got indoor plumbing at our place. <laughs> but I will say this. Um, it's just everywhere. No matter where you it are, is. no matter how slow-paced your environment is, I'm telling you, it's still a lot to do. Yeah, you're pressed for time no matter what. Exactly. You mean just watch the news programs and everything's like five or six minutes long, little news setting, a snap, 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 we're on to the next thing. Right. You know, people don't have a lot of patience anymore, just we got stuff to do. Yeah. Right? And we never seem to get it all done. And try to put mass into that context, it can be quite difficult. Very difficult. The first thing I want to do, though, for Cassie is in looking at her email, I see a lot of different things. I'm reading into a, a lot of this, and mm-hmm. I don't know Cassie, so I'm just going to make some assumptions here. Maybe I'm wrong. Cassie, I apologize if I'm wrong, but I, I do want to point out some of Cassie's admirable qualities just based on this email. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, I would say that, first of all, I admire the fact that she loves attending Mass. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's great. It is. And, and, and so many Catholics, you know, just go to Mass to, you know, do the obligation or whatever. Yeah, check the box. Exactly. And so they just kind of show up. And uh, then they leave. Right. You know, hopefully they get a donut in the deal, you know. <laughs> and it's like, uh, really, the, the idea that she would love the Mass, it, that's a beautiful thing. So I see that. And I think she also senses the beauty of the liturgy. And that's one of the reasons it's, it's lovely. I don't know if you've been to a traditional Latin Mass before, but they're, they're quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really focuses on the, on the liturgy itself and how, how beautiful it can be. Uh, and, and other, the Novus Ordo, the, the, the masses that most of us attend every mm-hmm. Sunday, can be absolutely beautiful. And the liturgy, in fact, I just spoke to a person the other day who wants to become Catholic because they went to a funeral mass. Oh, wow. And they said, you know, when that priest put his hands out over that bread and wine, mm-hmm. and it, it just seems like his whole face, his countenance changed, and he got real serious and real determined and real just... And all of a sudden, I just felt so sacred. I'm thinking, well, you know what? You were just sort of right there, just drawn in by the liturgy. Oh, yeah. Right, the, the the liturgical action, and I think Cassie recognizes that. Oh yeah, totally. Right, so she sees all that, and, and also I just I admire her for realizing that there is a Sunday obligation. Right, she used those words. Yeah, well, so a teaching of our church. Yeah, and so it's good to know. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that. So we don't have to spend ten minutes and talk about that. Right. Now we'll talk a little bit about the concept of the obligation, but realize. That there is a Sunday obligation is half the battle. Right. Right? Because she knows it's important. She knows she needs to go. And, of course, I also get the sense that, that Cassie is a very hard worker. That she's not afraid of work. Right. And that she's a, a strong family person. Right. She's devoted to her family. Yeah. And caring for her family. I think that's, that's vital and important right. in, in all of this. And so that's a, that's a good quality to have. Then also, I think Cassie's a problem solver. She looks like she takes the bull by the horns, doesn't she? She does. She's already got a plan. She, she wants to go and talk. How do I talk to them? What do I say to them? Right. 
in her mind, she's already got some solutions working. Yeah. So as a problem solver, you know, and she and she wants to discuss this. She wants to have the conversation. Right. Again, most people kind of lay back and kind of woe is me, and they right. just kind of let the world roll over them. Right. Right. And they may complain, and then they'll blame the church for not being, you know, bending to whatever. But Cassie wants to pro- solve the problem. She wants to. She wants to go and have that discussion. That's also great. And, and of course, uh, the, the last thing that she mentions in that P.S. I mean, she recognizes the importance of confession. Right. I mean, so Cassie, in a lot of ways, you're the ideal Catholic. She gets it. Yeah, you get you get it. Now, we got to address the situation, though. Right. We got to address it because there's a lot of things going on here, and, and this is a very common dilemma. Mm-hmm. How do you fit mass into a busy life? Mm. You know, and, and uh, you know, I could be hard nosed and say, "Well, suck it up, Cassie." Go to Mass. Yeah. Sunday obligation. You got to do it. Mortal sin. Going to hell. Right. Right? That's horrible. Next. I never, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next question, Cassie. Sorry to disappoint you, sweetheart. No. Um, she doesn't want that. Well, no, of course not. And I would never, I'd never say that. Um, so we got to talk about these things and kind of figure out, well, how do we, how do we help Cassie? And really, for all those who might be sitting out there, how do we help those who are listening going, yeah, what do we do? Right. Because I'm constantly struggling with trying to fit mass in. Yeah. The first the first place I want to go here mm-hmm. is let's talk about the Sunday obligation for a second. Mm-hmm. I mean, obligation, it's a hard word. It's a true word. Mm-hmm. And the church continues to use that word mm-hmm. to describe that situation where we need to go to mass. Right. That's a Sunday obligation, but if we look at it strictly as an obligation, it's a thing to do. It's a it's a it's a box to check. Right. But but you know the church wants us to go to Mass. Mm-hmm. She desires us to go to Mass, not because she desires to fill the seats in the pew and to raise the money and to keep the lights on, all these things, but because she loves us. Right. Because she's our mother, Holy Mother Church. Right. She cares for us. She wants us to have what's, what's, what's there. It's really an opportunity for us. Mm-hmm. Right? It's an opportunity for us to, to, to participate in the public prayer of the church, mm-hmm. right? the liturgy. Right. To be there with others, other like-minded people, the body of Christ, to worship God together, mm-hmm. right? And that's a beautiful thing. And so we see that, that sense of community that's brought forth. But, but really, the, the, the prayers there, the prayer of the Mass, the Word of God, that, it inspires us. Right. You know, Mother Church wants us to know, to, to, to believe, to experience, and to pray together, and to be inspired Mm-hmm. By the word of God. Right. Right. And so we need to go every Sunday. We do. Right. So that we can get through that three year cycle so we can hear all the, the readings, the teachings and understand the, to, to live, to breathe in, to breathe out. That's what liturgy is. Good liturgy is just it's it's the breath. Right. 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 It, it goes with the cycles of nature. That's why we go through all the liturgical seasons mm-hmm. and we repeat them. Mm-hmm. We breathe in, we breathe, breathe out. And the Holy Mother Church knows that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the church wants us to go to mass for that reason. But also. The Eucharist. Right. I mean, it nourishes us. It sustains us on the journey. Mm-hmm. We need to have it. So we look at that thing, you know, uh, that, obli- that word obligation, and realize while the church calls us to, to transform, our, to be transformed, right, to, to, to change, mm-hmm. and, not, and, and calls us to bend, mm-hmm. right, to, so, to it's, the church. so here's what it sounds like so far. Here's where it sounds like you're heading with this. You're trying to say in a nice way, yeah, seriously, suck it up. 
In yeah, other but, words, find a way. In other words, find a way to make that the priority, and let the other stuff fit in around that. I would. I would say like that. I would never going. have said suck it up, though. No, Tom. I that, know. I know that's. I know that's very coarse. I understand that. Because really, really, what I'd say is, um, I think it's priorities is what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, you know, priorities. It's and it's, but it's not easy. No, I'm not saying it's easy. Uh, it's hard. And I know you're not saying it's easy. Maybe instead of suck it up, it's offer it up. <laughs> right. Right. It, right. It, because when you have that priority and you realize, I've got to go to Mass. Right. I mean, you stop and think about it for a second. Do I eat every day? Right. And you'd say, well, of course you eat every day because your body starts to break down. You lose your strength. Right. Right. You can't go on in life if you don't eat. It's a simple, common practice that we eat, and yet it's vitally important. And if you don't eat, you die. Right. Right. Well, it's the same thing with mass. If we don't go to mass, we're going to spiritually sort of we're decline, die. And, right. and we'll spiritually die if we're not sustaining ourselves with holy mass. Especially someone like Cassie, who understands how important that is, and needs it even she's more die, because she's die. so work, working so hard. Right. Right. Exactly. That's exactly right. right. She's she's applying herself so so in, uh, intently to all these different things. So this is why Holy Mother Church says that our you know, that, that mass is important and that we got to go, but that still doesn't alleviate the problem. No, it doesn't. Yeah, the problem is, you know, but what if we can't? Yeah. Right? We've got problems. We've got issues. We've got situations. We've got an environment. We've got a, a, a current setting in our lives which does not allow us or is, is it's tricky. Right. Well, the way I would start to look at this um, is take a break. <laughs> I love to do the let's let's hang on to this and uh, and, and and answers on the other side of the break. <laughs> uh, that's a cliffhanger, man, because I it had is. the answer right there from the tip of my tongue. So if you want to hear the answer, you got to oh, come back. Man. Before you do that, I want to remind everyone at home that we got a great website www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Just like Cassie, I want you to send me an email. Send it to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. I'd love to answer the emails on air because you know what? Tell me what you're thinking because. A lot of folks have those same questions. They want to know what's going on, and, and what do we think about it? That's right. Right? Yes, well, sir. you know what? Stay with us. We'll be right back for all the answers. I'm Bester Zemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Though St. Anthony of Padua was born in Portugal in the early 13th century, he did most of his work in Italy. He was a Franciscan monk who was well known for his ability to teach the Catholic faith in a way that even the simplest of minds could comprehend. And he was so steadfast in his zeal for protecting the church against heresy that he soon became known as the Hammer of Heretics. St. Anthony was especially effective in converting heretics through the wondrous miracle of the Eucharist. One such conversion story is told about a particularly stubborn and hardened heretic named Bonanillo. Bonanillo was well known in town for his heretical beliefs, and he was not to be convinced with the direct and forceful words of St. Anthony, the hammer of heretics. So St. Anthony had to find other means to convey the truth of the Catholic faith to Bonanillo. One day, when Bonanillo came to town with his mule, St. Anthony made a proposition. He wondered if Bonanillo might recant his heresy and believe in the church's teachings if St. Anthony could get even his mule to bow down in adoration of the real presence of Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. Bonanillo agreed, but being untrusting by nature, he laid down some stipulations. 
Bononillo said that the mule must not be fed for two days and should be led into the town square on the third day. On one side of the path was to be placed a tempting pile of fresh feed, and on the other side, St. Anthony would stand with his so-called body of Christ. St. Anthony agreed. For the next two days, the mule was not fed. St. Anthony spent the entire two days in fervent prayer, asking that God might soften Bonanillo's heart and allow him to see the truth of the church. On the third day, the town square was crowded. Bonanillo entered the town square with his now hungry mule. He was certain that the mule would go for the feed. Instead, much to the shock of Bonanillo and all the townspeople, the mule pulled toward St. Anthony and the Blessed Sacrament. Then the mule knelt down in adoration. Seeing this, Bonanillo's eyes filled with tears. His heart melted as he too bowed down in adoration. He gave up his heresy then and there and came home to the one true church. It was a true Eucharistic miracle. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian and... Talking about Cassie. Talking about Cassie from Pennsylvania, and we have all the answers. No. Now, we don't have all the answers, but you know what? I think we can talk about that here for the 10 minutes or so, and we can, we're gonna, we can have some ideas. Exactly. What can Cassie do? And I'll bet you guys out there have some ideas for yeah. Cassie. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so send them to me, and maybe I'll forward them to Cassie. But here's what, here's what we came up with. First mm-hmm. of all, Cassie needs to look at her situation, mm-hmm. right? And going back to you know, life is balance, finding is. balance and trying to find perspective and also just prior, setting priorities, understanding the priority of mass and how important it's like eating. Right. We've got to do it, mm-hmm. right? And, but at the same time, realizing there's a balance somehow, there's a little give and take. So we look at Cassie's situation, we realize there's a tough financial situation. Mm-hmm. There's an imperative that she works, and she's got to work. She's got to do the overtime. She's got to take care of her family, mm-hmm. right? And also there's just this sort of un- inconvenient timing with whatever – Unfortunate uh, work that she's having to do the factory work, you know, when she's having these shifts that she's doing on all all day, you know, working into the night, and and then obviously Saturdays, right, right, this eating into all of that the time that she would normally be spending with family, but you know, in a well balanced, easier life, mm-hmm. might be able to go to mass more often. So she's got a hardship. So we have to look at the hardship and and ask a couple of questions. Okay. Now this is what I would do, Cassie. This is not necessarily what you have to do. This is what I would do. Mm-hmm. I'd first sort of. Well, I would prioritize and sort of judge the hardship mm-hmm. and, and, and ask myself this question. Is this hardship temporary or is it permanent? Mm-hmm. And if it's temporary, is it like a real short term, just, you know, extremely short temporary? Mm-hmm. Or is it one of those lingering temporaries, you know, that's like, well, man, I've to do this for another two or three years. Right. Because that can turn into permanent. Right. Right. And so then you stop and think, well, if it's. If it's temporary, and I mean, I'm talking about like a weekend or, or two weeks or... Yeah, um, maybe may gut it out. Right. Well, I think God understands if... It, just like if we look in our catechism under the Sunday obligation, we start reading about it, we find out there are exceptions. Right. Now, we're talking about grave, serious situations like, uh, you know, the illness of caring for small children, the illness of, of, of someone you're caring for, your own illness. Right. You know, if, you're, if your tire goes flat, you had the intent of going to Mass. Right. Right. Or if... 
you uh, you know are, are maybe having to look at bankruptcy if uh, if the creditors are knocking on the door if they're getting ready to put a padlock you know the IRS across your front door and you've got to work overtime hours for a couple of weeks or whatever to pay the light bill because they're turning it off or whatever well these are hardships in life that I think that that God is compassionate yeah he is the seat of all mercy the source of all mercy and love comes from God and so I would think that God we can we can we can d- depend upon his mercy. Yeah. We don't presume, presume upon it, right. his forgiveness, mm-hmm. but we can depend upon his mercy and mm-hmm. we live on his mercy. Now, does that say that, you know, she's released from her obligation for mass? No. no. We got to go to mass, mm-hmm. especially Cassie, when you write and you, and thank you for being honest. And, you know, I'm going to mass and I'm, you know, I'm sleepy. I'm sleeping through it. Right. So what good is it? Right. Right. I would say, by the way, that going, even when you're sleepy, your intent is what is important. Oh, yeah. Right. So even if you're sitting in the back pew, sleep, take a pillow. Right. Right. Lay down. <laughs> Most of you guys are sleeping during the homilies anyway. They're getting so bad. Right. I'm just kidding. Well, not yours. No. But, you know, the, the intent is what's important. Your heart right. is at mass. Right. Now, can you pay attention to every word? No, because God understands. It's kind of like going to adoration in the middle of the night. It's very difficult to stay awake. Sometimes adoration goes so quickly in the middle of the night because you sleep through it. <laughs> but but it's your intent, and you're placing yourself in the arms, the loving embrace of God. Right. And that's, and that's a good thing to do. Right. Right? And so, really, you know, in that temporary setting, God understands in these hardships. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's a longer-term temporary, you have to be extremely cautious because that's going to turn into... You know, one month is going to turn into two months. It's going to turn into six months. It's going to turn into a year. Next thing you know, I haven't been to Mass in eight years. I've gone to a, and yeah, everything else. It's difficult. Right. You know, in, in, in the short-term temporary. So that means that if it's a long-term temporary, mm-hmm. that means that maybe you need to do a little more soul-searching and figure out, i got to do something different. Yeah. i got to figure something out because mm-hmm. I can't keep living like this. i got to figure out a way to keep that Mass um, as, as my priority. Now, if it's permanent... Now we're looking at a situation where, you know, you need to be looking for a different job. And I realize these are tough times. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say, Cassie, you need to find a new job. I'm not going to tell you that. Right. Because I know how hard that is. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's, these are diff, difficult financial situations for, you know, for everyone. Sure. And jobs just aren't so easily come by, especially maybe in an industrial town. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that going on. So we start by looking at the hardship and look at temporary and permanent because that helps us gain perspective. Right. And helps us to prioritize and see just what's possible and what is not possible. Mm-hmm. So let's say it's not possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to leave Cassie hanging. She's like, well, what do I do? Right. Right. Now, she has she has a problem solver, right? So she has some, some suggestions. Mm-hmm. She wants to go and change the mass times. And that is a possibility. But you know what? We're going to look at some things Cassie can do right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Before we get to the change in the mass times. First thing is pray. Stay in communion with God. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's amazing how God would send the Holy Spirit and just... Give you wisdom, mm-hmm. right? Remember, you're confirmed and, and you received knowledge, understanding, wisdom, good counsel. All these things come to you in your confirmation and the, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's going to help you discern and, to, and, and the Holy Spirit's going to guide you through this. Mm-hmm. So stay in constant contact. So stay in prayer, wherever that is, whether it's before the Blessed Sacrament when you can go, whether it's at Mass, right? right? Or just in your, in your room at home at a quiet time, pray and ask God for guidance. Sure. Right, that's the first thing I would say. But the second thing is, I would go ahead and reiterate: go to mass, sleepy and grumpy. Sit in the back, 
You know, go to go to a church where they don't know you. One of those three right. churches where they don't you don't usually go, and they say, "Who is that grumpy person that never showers that sits there in that back pew? <laughs> Who is that? They don't ever smile." Right. The, the reality is, you're not going for them. Right. Right. You're going for your own heart, your own soul. Right. Now you want to worship in community, and you'd want to be <laughs> in good spirits. Right. But you know, sometimes it's tough. Yeah. Right. And so I would rather see you sitting there than seeing you, than not see you sitting there. Yeah. And I think to a certain degree, going shows your intent, your desire to be with God, even as Jesus would desire to love us so dearly that he would hang himself on a cross. He would allow himself to be hung on a cross that we, too, sort of put ourselves on the cross as we show up Mm -hmm. sleepy to mass. Yeah. Right. Whether we walk in late because it's like, but you know what? You're there. That's exactly right. And that's powerful. Now, another thing is I I thought about this as I was reading is, you know, a lot of towns that have colleges either in exactly their neighborhood. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's, you know, centers. That's, they're going to have later masses. That's exactly right. There's, college students always have these situations. Yeah. And she mentions a, a priest from college. And you know There's what the, a couple here that have mass at 9 o'clock at night. 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. Several at 6 o'clock at that's night. That's exactly right. You know, so this is another opportunity is to just to check into that schedule because they may say, who are you? Are you in college? Right. Doesn't matter. Mass is mass. That's exactly right. right? And I will tell you this, the most important thing I think you can do in all of this is, you know, these are things you can do on your own. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is, is go and tell your pastor. Yeah. I mean, you know what? To be pastoral, I mean, that comes from past year. It comes from being, he's our, he's your shepherd. That's right. Right? You're a, a, a sheep of his flock. That's right. And he has to care for you. And so go and talk to him. Tell him your dilemma. And having that, also having that person there who's giving you spiritual direction. Yep. Who's also able to be your confessor. For the times that maybe you should have gone to Mass, that you couldn't go to Mass. And also maybe he'll offer some spiritual suggestion that's going to allow you. And maybe he'll work with you and try to figure out how to, how to get you to Mass. Yeah. But also, you know, cause so, so now let's get to this change in the Mass times. Or suggesting additional Mass times. Not necessarily a bad idea. I will say this. If you look at it from the, in, in the history of the church, they, they used to, you know, engrave carve the mass times in stone on the church. Oh, that's right. It didn't change. No. It's a big deal to change the mass times. Now, it's not always impossible to either alter the mass time or, more importantly, to add a mass. Right. Now, the only way they're ever going to add a mass, they're not going to have the Cassie mass. (laughs) Right? We're going to have a Cassie mass at 8 o'clock at night. Right. Well, they're not going to do that. I mean, think of it from the pastor's perspective, Cassie. Obviously, if everyone who's, like, inconvenienced, right, they're going to say, well, I can't make masses, 42 masses a day. And I know she's not asking for that, Cassie. It's not unreasonable for you to think that there might be a different time. But I will say this, Cassie. If you've got a couple other friends in this industrial town who are, like, struggling to get the mass, get together with them. Get those five or six people together. Express your need. Let him know what it is that you need. He's going to listen. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Cassie, you want to be a great Catholic. Keep it up. We're praying for you. Absolutely. And let's pray for all those Cassies out there who are desiring to be good Catholic people. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the gifts and blessings you've lovingly bestowed upon us. We thank you in a particular way for the gift of Holy Mass, an opportunity to be blessed by your loving presence in our lives. Help us to be faithful and true, and keep us ever in your loving embrace. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table. 